Just a quick reminder, if you've been trying links that I've mentioned on any of these recent episodes of the show and they don't work, technology changes and some of the things we offer change. So what we've decided to do is put everything that's current over at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. And anything that isn't current probably won't work. So if you're having trouble with a link that doesn't work, that's probably why. Head on over to photobizhelp.com forward slash links. Or if you're following along at photobizhelp on Instagram, it's the link in the bio. Depending on how competitive it is, if you're putting 10 cities that are really competitive, it won't necessarily help. But if it's really like hyper local locations, then you can go from ranking like nowhere in the top 100 to ranking at, you know, number five on the first page within like a week. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels from brand new to burnt out who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally are what I want to share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. I am chatting with Georgie Hope today about SEO. We've talked about SEO on this show before. Georgie and I are covering some basics for those of you that want to know the best possible ways to get quick rankings on your site. Also, what to do if you have a lot of SEO value in your website and you're thinking of migrating it and what not to do. So we're covering all sorts of basics. Georgie also has some great resources you can find in the show notes. She has books about SEO for photographers and another SEO book as well that you can check out in the notes. Before we get to this interview, here are a couple of words from folks that support this show. So you hear me talk about the greenhouse. Applications are now open. I wanted to share feedback from the last person that just finished the eight-week program. She says, this program completely transformed my mindset and renewed my passion for my business. Natalie helps you narrow your focus and identify tangible steps to work toward your business goals. I would recommend the greenhouse to anyone looking to grow, both as an individual and as a business owner. That's just one person. There are so many others that have gone through various iterations of this program. It is refined and always getting better. And it is for you if you really need the help getting your business going. Most of us buy programs and then just kind of let them sit there. We do like two modules. This has all the built-in accountability that I needed when I was going through coaching programs. And so I made sure to put it in the one that I'm offering. So there is eight weeks of help Every week, you'll get one-on-one time with me. Every week, you'll get time with the group. You'll get 24-hour email support for all of the questions you have, so you're not just sitting there like, what do I do? There's so much built into this program that you don't get with your average course that you just purchased. So take the time to apply. Applications are open. Invest in yourself. Invest in your business. I promise you won't regret it. Photobusinesshelp.com forward slash 
apply. That's photobusinesshelp.com forward slash apply to apply to the greenhouse today and get your business on track so you have more money, less overwhelm and burnout, and more time to just live your life and enjoy it. That's photobusinesshelp.com forward slash apply. So I'm talking with an SEO person today, but I know you and I have talked a ton about getting away from social media, not necessarily just ditching it, but like what else can we build into our businesses that's, you know, useful. And I come back to this like basically all the time when I was talking with Anami Tonkin, which check out that interview if you didn't hear it. It was awesome. We both were going on about how people still Google stuff and people still find you because of that blogging effort and website SEO effort that you put in, you know, and continue to build on. So what does SEO mean to you, Audrey? (laughs) (laughs) SEO means to me that, um, (laughs) uh, yeah, when I think of SEO, my brain immediately goes to how it can help you not rely on social media so much. And it's true, people are still very much Googling things. I know that I think there's kind of a false idea that social media is the most powerful tool you can use for your marketing of your photography business, but I don't think that's true. And it kind of depends on your clientele as well. I tend to attract and lean more towards, you know, people closer to my age, late 30s, early 40s. So I don't know if social media is the most powerful tool tool for my business, but rock and roll 40. Woo. Yeah. Poison concerts. (laughs) So out of context if someone wasn't listening to the other episode, but yeah, just leave that. I personally just like want to get away from social media as much as possible. I think it can be toxic and if it's not used correctly, and I don't think I've been using it correctly. So leaning into putting more energy into my business is like the most powerful thing I can do. And that would be SEO because that's how you get people to your website. Well, and you said something interesting. I don't think I've been using it correctly, but we've been kind of put in a position where it changes so quickly that like what was quote unquote correct, like, you know, five minutes ago might not be effective now. And I think it's a great thing to have access to people for essentially for free. If you're not running ads, it's free and that's fine. But I totally agree that building your whole business, depending on your business, but we're speaking obviously from like lifestyle photographer perspective, like I tell all of my students, and if you're listening, do this, there's a mandatory little uh, form field on my contact form on my website that says, how did you find out about me? And nine out of 10 people Google. It's always Google. It's sometimes Instagram. Maybe I'd say eight out of 10 because then it's Instagram and referrals are about, you know, you know, referrals come in or just like past clients. But like new people, it's Google. They Googled Minneapolis, you know, photographer or whatever. And I, you know, that's SEO from 2010, I think. Yep. So I think most of my wedding clients are found, find me from Google. I do a mix of wedding and portraits, but my blog posts that are about specific wedding venues get so much traffic because people who book that venue then look for a photographer that's shot at that venue and then they find your blog post and then they 
are like, oh, she's already been here. That was some of the best SEO advice I've done on these interviews. If you go back to the very beginning of this show in the 20s, I think it's 22, 24, 26, 28. I did a four-part SEO uh, deep dive with Becca Dilly. She's a local Minneapolis wedding photographer. And one of the things that she says in there that has stuck with me is really thinking about what your ideal client is actually sitting down to type into the computer, right? So, you know, we're kind of coming from this tradition of like, you shoot a wedding or whatever it is, and you just blog it like we had so much fun at Minnehaha Falls. Yay. And uh, that's great. But thinking about what someone is typing is going to make your post and your SEO so much more effective. In other words, like for you, like if someone's like, what are the best wedding venues in Southern Minnesota or something? And you have a post that are, that's literally like the best wedding venues in Southern Minnesota. That's, yes. that's something that your ideal client wants to read about. So it's just something yep. to keep in mind. Like what would you Google if you were your client? Yep, absolutely. And sometimes, you know, I've done some coaching stuff too with other photographers and it's surprising. This has happened a few times the number of photographers that don't even have a website. They're like, oh, I just use Instagram. I'm like, well, what if what if Instagram shuts down tomorrow? Then what? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think there was a day this last year day, or a couple years ago where uh, Instagram and Facebook were like not working mm-hmm. for anybody. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, this is, this is why we don't do this, kids. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's such a powerful thing to have a website that's... You know, Audrey, have you ever heard that quote, don't put all your eggs in one basket? That's the one. I think we should leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Yep. So let's learn about SEO. Baskets. Lots of baskets. Okay. We're going to just title this episode, <laughs> Lots of Baskets. Or your eggs. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Jordi. It's great to meet you virtually. Where are you? Uh, where are you based? And and I guess let folks know a little bit about what you do regarding SEO. Yeah, sure. So I'm based on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, in Australia. And um, this year it's been more like the rainy coast, but um, we get that every ten years or so. And um, so with SEO, the the main clients that I work with are uh, like family-owned businesses that want clients from their local area and also online stores. Cool. Very cool. Well, in this podcast, you know, most of the folks that I chat with are photographers that have photo businesses at different levels and different sizes, but mostly in like the lifestyle space. So we've done a number of shows about SEO, kind of really basic, like beginner stuff, a little bit more granular stuff. But you mentioned a bunch of different things that uh, are topics that you, you know, are open to talk about. I think the first one that I'm really interested in myself, mainly because I have students migrating websites and doing all kinds of wild stuff when they're trying to upgrade and, you know, make things better is protecting your website traffic when you get a new website, which is something that we've never covered on this show before. And it's something that I know very little about because I've had the same website forever. But I thought maybe we could jump into that a little bit and just kind of get a sense of what that's all about, if you don't mind. 
Yeah, sure. Like that's one of the things that I'm super passionate about because uh, I've had clients. Come, I mean, I've been doing SEO for ten years, and I've had you know clients come to me over that time where they've had a website redone, and then three or four months later, they've lost all their traffic, and because they completely depended on Google for all their traffic. They didn't have other sources. Um, then it, it meant that they had to put staff off and they were at the point of potentially going bankrupt. So I was like, this is terrible. Like this shouldn't be happening. Kind of like, why is this happening? Right. Yeah. That's kind of a question that popped in for me. It's like, why does that even happen? But keep going. Yeah. I mean, my theory is that it's it's mostly happening because you've got web developers who are redeveloping sites all the time and it's probably only an issue that affects maybe 5% of their websites. But those 5%, it affects it in a massive way. Mm, okay. <laughs> and so they may not even come across one. I mean, they may be redeveloping websites where all the traffic's coming from Facebook or Instagram or, you know, email or somewhere else. Uh, but if you have you know, a kind of business where you can get a lot of traffic from Google. So photography is one of those where you can get a lot from Google, yeah. but also particularly say home improvement businesses, they get a lot of traffic from Google. And so it's it's very critical in those instances that we transfer all the SEO across. And in, in every case where the people came to me, they said that their web developer told them it would be okay. But I think that their web developer just didn't know what they didn't know. Yeah, that's fascinating. And so what's happening there? Yeah, so I think that it's one of those things where I've spoken to a lot of SEO people like me who aren't working with kind of massive big companies and aren't sort mm -hmm. of, you know, an agency where you've got lots of different people working on a website. And I, I think it's often just web developers that don't have a lot of experience and unfortunately it just means that a lot of SEO people like me are having to recover sites and mm. when I spoke to other SEO people they're like oh yeah that's something that I have to do you know that happens it's terrible and I was like is anyone going to start talking about this <laughs> or saying this is not okay <laughs> yeah like why should I even be doing this in the first place yeah, like yeah. I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to have to rescue people's sites. I want it to not happen. Um, and so that's when I was like, well, how can I do something about that? And so um, I wrote a book that's up on Amazon that that's like usually around $5 just because I wanted it to be kind of out there that has everything that we do um, in the process of migrating someone's SEO. Oh, so cool. That, yeah, so that anyone can just have a look and go, oh, okay, there's, you know, there's all this stuff or even just send it to their web developer and say, hey. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that, um, it, like I said, because it's it can be a very small percentage of people that it affects, uh, one of the things that I offer is just a free service where I can basically within five minutes just have a look in someone's Google Analytics oh, that's and really tell cool. them whether it's going to be an issue or not. Yeah, because if someone's got, you know, just say they're getting 90% of their traffic from Google, but it's all going to the homepage of their website. That's right. Then that's not really going to make any difference because that's going to stay the same, that 
it's it's a big problem if you've got like internal pages so just say you had a photography business and you did newborn photography and um, wedding photography and you had like a lot of different services and you had a page for each one of those services yeah okay and you were getting a lot of traffic to those internal pages that's when it can be you know a big issue or if you're getting a lot of traffic because you've got your address in the footer that has your location and then the web developer removes oh. that address <laughs> so it it's possible to rescue a website that this happens to and it doesn't happen that often but it's possible you have a a book kind of outlining what you do and we'll link to that in the show notes for sure but i i guess i'm curious kind of for so lifestyle photographers are the folks that listen to this mostly what would be a reason for migrating your website at all you know why do people do that and if someone's thinking like that's what i need to do what should they be looking out for i guess just kind of on a basic level yeah it's a really good question because of the fact that I'm not 100% sure of all of the reasons why somebody decides to change their yeah, website. Yeah, that's probably I think, a big question. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. But I think that my feeling is that the two main reasons are probably that the person themselves doesn't like their website anymore mm-hmm. or um, is, is, is doing new things and just feels like they want it to look different. Um, they're maybe not happy with it for some reason. Or it could be that they or the web developer just think that that you need to have a new website every couple of years mm. and just this idea that it has to be fresh and new and, and relevant and now this I suppose a bit like fashion you know this is the latest clothes yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. you know you that's what you have to have this season um, as an SEO person when someone says they're going to redo their website especially my clients where you know no, where a huge percentage of their traffic is from Google I'm like do you really need to yeah, that's me. I mean, in my contact form, I have a required thing that says, where did you find me? And I, you know, Google, whatever. And I, I've had that active for maybe six or seven years now. And the information that I get is gold because it's, you know, it really just tells me exactly where people are finding me. But I'm a huge Google, like I'm like nine out of 10 is Google. i don't plan on moving my website and I'm very happy with my web host. And I actually have a good relationship with the owner of that company. He's been on the show before, but like that was my biggest fear when I shifted over to them and was just like, this is a very important part of my business. And of course it was a a smooth process, but yeah, I I feel that a hundred percent, a lot of what I coach and what I teach is like that Google can be a huge resource for your business. But this makes me so sad that this happens to people. (laughs) I know, yeah, and like I said, I mean, it, it can be recovered, but it's it's just one of those things where, unfortunately, it takes time to notice. Like it's not instant, so it can be two or three months after the site that people start to realize, oh, my phone's not ringing anymore. Like, what's going on? And then it's kind of like, oh, I've lost my rankings. I can't find myself anymore. And then it can take, once they, you know, contact me or some other SEO person, it can take like another three months to kind of get back to where they were, sort of however long it took to get down is often how long it takes to get back up, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, ugh. That is just... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm curious, you know, I think I occasionally pop into Google Google Analytics and just 
ignorantly look around and stuff. I, I have to admit, like my business has been kind of rolling for a while and, and I do get the traffic that I need and that I want. But for somebody that's kind of just trying to build this and figure out if stuff is working at all or have looked at the dashboard of Google Analytics and, and fainted, what, <laughs> what are like the kind of basics for someone you know, let's just go photographer that is blogging, you know, that kind of thing to look out for what maybe even myself, like if I were to jump on Google Analytics right now, like what would be a good metric to kind of just keep, keep my eyes on? Yeah, well, the metric that 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 the metrics that I look at, they're like really hidden. Okay, <laughs> it's not it's not easy to find them, but you basically have to go into the bit that's like called uh, acquisition, mm-hmm. and then you kind of go into channels, mm-hmm. and then I'll set it so that you look at uh, the landing pages. Yep, and so the data that you would then see is like like firstly organic traffic direct traffic, social traffic, mm-hmm. ad traffic. So it should have those kind of words there. And then you click landing pages and then I can go into organic and I can see exactly which pages the traffic is going to. Which is valuable for people like if they're wondering is is Instagram working for me or is Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. data is really important. It's so important that to me I think it should be on the dashboard, not like hidden ten layers. <laughs> Totally. I Well, that's why I say people faint when they see it. Because I mean, and I make it sound like I am ignorant to it. I definitely have poked around a lot in, in there. But I do think that there's a, a lot going on that is relevant and, and is useful to look at. But then I think there's a lot going on that isn't necessarily something you need to like have a headache about right away. Yeah. And there's also Google Search Console now as well, which right. can give you a lot of data because when I first started out, Google Search Console didn't have much data in it at all. Yeah. And yeah, now there's a lot of information there as well around the pages and 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 traffic and I mean it's never going to be completely accurate, so I tend to look for trends in the traffic rather than Okay. Um, absolute numbers sure and the other thing that can be handy for people to know if they are looking at the traffic data is that it tends to go in cycles so when I do reports for my clients I always compare say September this year to September last year yeah okay rather than comparing it to the month before sure because there's, you know, there's school holidays, there's all kinds of events and stuff. And so that, yeah. that tends to make more of a difference. And so you want to look at, yeah, getting more traffic year on year and that month compared to the month last year. Yeah, that's a great point. Because especially for photographers, I mean, that's something that's common for sure, is that we, you know, have seasons, engagement season. And for right now, I'm coming into the we need a Christmas card photo season, which is really busy here because it's, you know, it's fall. I talk a lot about blogging on this show because I feel like it was a huge part in bolstering my Google ranking. What I'm curious about is do you feel like blogging is dead or still relevant? And how else can we bolster our rankings, so to speak, so that our websites are kind of SEO friendly? Yeah, I still think that blogging is powerful. Uh, one of the things that I do, because see, the things with, with blogging is because my clients want clients from their local area and you can write a blog and so just say, uh, you know, that blog then gets a whole stack of traffic from a completely other country. <laughs> 
that isn't anywhere near you and so isn't necessarily going to help. And so what I've, what I do for a lot of my clients is we do a, you know, if we think about say photography, just say it was, um, uh, what, what would be a blog that someone might write on photography? Like best wedding venues in Minnesota. Okay. Perfect. So yeah, so because you've got Minnesota in it, that's the key. So making sure that with your blogging that you're actually putting the locations in it that are close to you. Um, and so like, for instance, I had a client that, that sold honey. And so when we did blog posts, we would, we would talk about, you know, blah, 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 honey. And then mm-hmm. we'd put Brisbane you know, simply Honey Brisbane, which was kind of their name yeah. in the SEO title as well. So not it's not in the title of the actual post itself. I mean, you can if it's something like you said, that makes sense to have Minnesota in it. If you're talking about honey, it's a bit weird to have a location <laughs> right. in the actual title of the blog post. So what I'm talking about is the SEO title where we put the location. Cool. And what about pages? In what way? home pages or about pages. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that's common for photographers, but let's start there. So certainly with the home page, I would usually optimize it for whatever your most important keyword is. So whatever service that you want to get the most. So if you want to do photography for wedding venues, then make that the home page ranking for for that and then you have your internal pages that rank for other things the about page is really interesting because often it's put when people search it comes up sort of right as a site link they call it but it's underneath where your main website is and even though people don't really usually search about anything the about page is is usually about the second most common page that people go to. Mm -hmm. So they go to whatever page they go to first. The about page is often what they go to second. That makes sense. Yeah, because they've they've read about your service. Now they're like, so let's find out about you. (laughs) Totally. Well, that makes sense for sure, especially if you're investing a lot of money in something. I completely Mm. understand that. Before we wrap up, I'm curious, what are some things that someone shouldn't do? Like, just don't do this if you're just starting out or if you're just putting your website together or you've just migrated it and all that kind of stuff, like what would be like a, mm -mm? um, no one's really asked me that question. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone wants the answers. They just want to know. (laughs) What shouldn't you do? Um, well, it will certainly, you shouldn't uh, migrate a website without checking first where your traffic's coming from. Okay, you want want to know where that traffic's coming from before you let anybody, yeah, migrate it across. And then the other thing, uh, what shouldn't you do? Um, Well, I suppose I'm so used to thinking about all the things that you should do. What you shouldn't do, people often ask me about is, oh, can I just put like text on my page and make it white so that people... Oh, for the words, (laughs) like so that people can't see it because it's a white background, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Google will see it. I'm like, no, because Google can tell it's white text on a white background. No way. <laughs> and so they will know that you're doing that. Oh so my don't gosh. do that. <laughs> I don't do that, but that's, that's fascinating. That's a good one. Yeah. Another one, what you really want to do is get, if you're a, a business in, a, in an area where you want clients from your local area, you want to list yourself in business directories that are in your location or in your country. 
So don't go and get a whole lot of listings in business directories in India. Right. Yeah, I mean, Canada's probably fine. But in, yeah, other countries, don't get business in Australia. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) not going to help a photographer who just wants family clients. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There are some directories that are like worldwide directories and mm-hmm. will have a, a section for America and so therefore that's fine. Sure. But yeah, you don't want to list yourself in, in directories that are, you know, in completely other countries. So. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. And also um, the other thing that you don't want to do is some people will build what is called a blog network. It's basically a blog that is designed for SEO, not for people. That sounds boring. Yeah. And so. I'm just kidding. But I mean, to the people, like, what is this? Yeah. So the whole, it's not so, the idea is not for people to read it. The idea is for people to put an article up there and then get a link back to their website. Right. Right. Oh, like all those folks that solicit me to write articles for my website that I turn down usually. Um, that's a little bit different. Because yours is a real website, these are not oh, these are not sites that were. Yeah, these are sites that were never. They were only ever developed. So they could have one post about weddings, one post about plumbing, one post about fridges. <laughs> that is so silly. Yeah, and um, and they work for a while until Google finds them and then shuts them down. Ugh. So so then it's just a waste of money. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So these are the folks like that will solicit to get your rankings up and it may work for a minute, but not a great. Okay. Yeah. You you want to get, if you're going to get articles with links back to your website, you want it to be on sites relevant to photography. That makes perfect sense to me. That are real sites. <laughs> right. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. I mean, the other thing just sounds shady. Like, oh, it's like a plumbing article and (laughs) then a thing about photography. Yeah. Look, it'd be fine if you were, if it's a wedding venue and then they have a page that has recommended photographers. That's fine because that's relevant too. Yeah. But you don't want to be on a blog that's got articles about all kinds of other random stuff that's not related in any way to your industry. Right. That makes sense. Cool. Yeah, I'm just the wheels are turning. What do you have any final thoughts for folks like just just a word of advice or something that you can leave folks with as far as like, you know, venturing into trying to improve their SEO? The biggest thing is to make sure that you have your location in the footer of your website. Whoa. Yes. So if you don't want to put your home address, that's fine. You don't have to have the whole address. Sometimes you can just put the street name and the, the the location. And the other thing that I do for a lot of my clients, if it's relevant, is we list like the, the locations that are serviced. So it will say, you know, we service these locations and then it might list, you know, 10 or 20 locations that are close by. That can make a massive difference because just say you have a page on uh, wedding photography that explains all your services about wedding photography. Now, if you have that list of locations in the footer, then you're likely to rank for wedding photography that location, wedding photography that location okay. when someone searches in Google. And so it's depending on how competitive it is. If you if you're putting ten cities that are really competitive, it won't necessarily help. But if it's really like hyper local locations, then you can go from ranking like nowhere in the top hundred to ranking at you know number five on the first page within like a week. Wow, that's really cool. 
That's that's great advice for folks just just digging into it for sure. That's awesome. Mm. I just noticed, so I have folks submit notes to me as you did about like talking points and I'm reading through your talking points before we got on here and I just noticed fostering cats at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Please do tell me about this, just a few seconds and then we, yeah, what's going on with that? I, I love it. Yeah, so since February, I have been fostering cats. And um, so basically, I'm the transition point between the pound and their forever homes. So I have 13 foster cats at the moment. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, five have just been dissexed, and so they'll soon be ready for their forever homes. Are they kittens or cats? a, A variety. Oh, my gosh. Do they get along? I'm just thinking of like I had I've had cats before and I they can be the craziest creatures on earth. Yeah, yeah. So I've got them. I've got some that are five weeks old up to one that's like two years old. Hmm. And um, yeah, so some of them like one the two year old she she hates every cat <laughs> and will whack them. So she has her own room with her. She got the best room actually with the window hammock seats. And <laughs> she figured out how to get what she wants. <laughs> so yeah, the younger cats tend to get on well, but you never know. You never know. Sometimes wow. a cat will surprise you and gets on with the others, and sometimes they surprise you where they just hiss for days and so I I have lots of rooms that can be you know so they can separate (laughs) how long do you usually have them for um anything from like three days to two months okay oh that's really cool I have like I mentioned I have a a friend that fosters cats and dogs and I think it's I think it's the coolest I have I have a dog or I'll say I, I was thinking about doing it during the pandemic but we I guess didn't have enough space where we used to live, but I just, I just admire folks that do that. Cause I think it's important, important stuff. Yeah. Well, certainly when you kind of see the, I mean, I don't know how it works over there, but in Australia, it's kind of like if people don't claim their pets from the pound within a certain time frame, then they can be put down if a rescue yeah. organization doesn't rescue them. So yeah. So I've got three that were on death row that at the moment that uh, that I've got now that yeah so oh, it's hard to say no in those instances I'm sure <laughs> once you get to know them that's got to be that one of the hardest parts yeah so yeah well SEO and cat fostering this is the best combination we've ever had on the show <laughs> <laughs> before we jump off where can folks find you and your services because the world is small now and even if you're in Minnesota yeah. you can work with Georgie uh, so my website is largehope.com. Cool. And um, and also I have books on Amazon. So I have like the SEO migration book and I also have a SEO for, for photography book as well. So, oh, brilliant. Cool. Yeah. So those are on Amazon. You can find them under my name, Georgie Hope. Great. And we'll link to all that stuff in the show notes. I think you gave us all the links. So thank you so much, Georgie. This was just a great overview. It's nice to cover a topic or two that I haven't before. And I really appreciate you coming on the show. Look, thank you for having me and being able to let people know about this issue that I don't want to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I mean, if, if, if there's a huge takeaway that I'm really glad we covered right off the bat, it's just like, if you are thinking about migrating your website and you have a lot of SEO behind that for years and years and years, like this is a very important thing to think about. Yeah. And look, just like I said, I offer a free five minute 
check for anybody. Oh, cool. I know that that 95% of websites, it won't be, you know, they'll be fine. But I want to make sure that that 5% of people know that it could be an issue and can make an informed decision then. That's right. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned a ton. Remember all of the SEO stuff that you want to learn more about, the rabbit holes that you want to dive down. All the links are in the show notes. Remember in everything you want to achieve, especially good SEO, consistency is key. Hopefully you're feeling inspired to grow your photo business. If you still feel like you've been trying everything and you're a little stuck and you'd like a little more community, a little more one-on-one help, remember to head over to photobizhelp.com forward slash apply. Applications are open now for the greenhouse. And I know that this investment of your time and your money will help you get to where you want to go. So that's photobizhelp.com forward slash the greenhouse. I look forward to seeing you there.